This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Christine Grauer, the author of Project Life. Stop waiting for your happy to happen. Christine grew up in a violent home and became mousy, a girl who never spoke up and ran and hid in the face of adversity. Christine was mousy into her adulthood and lived her version of normal in repeated abusive relationships until the day her body rebelled and shut down. After her wake-up call, Christine stepped through the fear that had held her back her entire life, and she said yes to opportunities that began crossing her path. With tenacity, she viewed her life from the perspective that all situations are happening for her growth. She owned all circumstances in her life and trusted that within each challenge was a gift and potential for realizing higher aspects of herself. After completing extensive inner work and professional life coach training, Christine became unstoppably driven to awaken others to their internal power, to shed their limiting beliefs and stories, and to start becoming someone for themselves and create a new life story, one which involves vitality, joy, and ease. Living in Waterloo, Ontario, Christine is a single mother of two teens. She's a corporate nine-to-fiver by day and an author and online coach by night. She has her Master of Science degree in Human Biology and Nutritional Sciences and is a certified spiritual life coach and energy codes facilitator. Meet Christine at christinegrauer.com. Here is the interview with Christine Grauer. In your own words, who is Christine Grauer? Oh, geez. Christine Grauer is a woman who is still discovering who she is day by day. At the current moment, she plays a role of a mother and a lifelong learner and just one who is constantly growing into herself and uh, seeking spiritual growth constantly. She's busy. She works full time and she's got a side coaching business and uh, she's just become an author as well. And she's kind and just bursting with love for everyone and (laughs) really, really has a vision for um, a beautiful world. So that, yeah, changes day by day, but (laughs) the current moment, that's who she is. (laughs) 
Before we talk about some of the topics in your book, Project Life, stop waiting for your happy to happen. So I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned off record, before we do that. The first one is, what is happiness? How do you define happiness? Happiness is, it's, a, it's an energetic state that feels light and pleasurable in the body. That's what it boils down to, is a physical state that we feel in our body. And then, then we attach concepts to it and stories and, and, you know, happiness is feeling joy. The rest is all just stories that describe an energetic state in the body. In the end, it's feeling light. It's feeling love and full of energy and vitality. Can you tell me if they stay or it's something that we have to practice? Happiness? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Being that we are all playing a role of human, um, it would be awesome if it was a constant state, but we go through life and for most of us, right, we've got jobs and we got kids and responsibilities and, and stuff happens and it fluctuates and that's just the nature of our journey and experience. Like all of life ebbs and flows, right? And it's just, it's the rhythm. And so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to say, yeah, it's a constant state, but it can be a state that we are in the majority of time. And when life happens, you know, we may drop out of the state and into a heavier, denser state. And, but, but as we do our inner work, the time that we're in that heavier state is very short, right? So if someone slaps me in the face, then yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, react. That's just the nature of my existence. Um, but how quickly I recover mm. and return to that state, it's the resilience, right? The buoyancy and the flexibility to return to happiness. Being resilient is actually a tool that we have you're saying it's an inner tool, right, mm -hmm. Christine? Mm -hmm. What is another word for life? It's experience. It's existence. It's ex yeah. I think experience is probably the word that I would choose. That we are experiencing ourselves. I mean, to get a little bit deeper, it's experiencing ourselves as consciousness. And I think really that's that's what it boils down to. Life is just one big experience and then we, we we attach stories to it and create all these other things around it but what it boils down to is we're just having one experience after another after another what is the meaning of home to you these days <laughs> yeah home yeah there's a couple of there's there's my physical home right which is a place that I feel safe in and comfortable and warm and light and that's the physical space. And then there's my inner home, which is more of a mental mindset, a spiritual, mental, emotional space that I can go to at any point, regardless of where I am physically. I, and it's funny, you mentioned I write about that in my book quite a bit because my, my definition of home, it was just turned upside down throughout my life. And I constantly sought to find my home. 
And in the end, it's inside. It's that's where home truly is, is it's the unchanging place. What is freedom to you, Christine? Freedom to me is the ability to think and act and speak in ways that align with my desires without impeding on somebody else's um, boundaries in some way. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just to be able to think, speak, act in ways that align with my, my inner self. To, in that way, it's, you know, I don't want to say, you know, I can do whatever I want. Right. <laughs> because yeah. in saying that, it's, there's a, a high intention behind it. But yeah, I think that would be freedom to me. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? And do you have a vision for a new reality? Mm, absolutely. The world needs each one of us to go within and do our inner work. We are so focused on what's wrong with the world and with systems. And if every one of us just did our inner work and stopped blaming and criticizing and judging and out things outside of ourselves, when we do our inner work, the world around us will change naturally. And yeah, my vision is... You know, it's it's one of it's it's a, just a golden age. It's one where all live with peace and love, and we just we have a high regard for each other, and just genuine love and compassion for one another. And and I do honestly believe that the state exists, um, and it's a matter of each one of us just bringing it into our own reality. I'm wondering what prevents most of us. For not looking within. Yeah, we were never taught, <laughs> mm, <laughs> right? right. They, we were never taught this in school or by our parents. I mean, maybe some parents, you know, do teach. I was never taught to look within. I, you know, I was always taught that when I'm, well, first of all, I was never taught to feel my feelings. It was always, you know, repress, don't be sad and don't be mad. And so... And then blame other, and then blame other people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Right, right. So right. you made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were just we were never taught. So it's natural. It really is normal and natural for us not to look within for the solutions to our problems and to be accountable for our circumstances. We just weren't taught. And then we have these protective personalities, right? That's that's our mechanism for survival as being humans. And it doesn't want to be blamed or take responsibility. And, you know, it feels better when we place the blame outside of ourselves. So it's all very normal. It's evolved over time into the way it is. So it's a matter of remembering really the way we are intended to live and it's focusing on ourselves and our inner state our inner like our energy do you think that we continue to be taught i think it's maybe catching on so in in canada they're starting to teach mindfulness in school so i'm just i'm thrilled about that and yoga and so all of that is revolves around you know inner 
awareness. And that's the first step. Like, what is what am I experiencing right now? And, and working with that instead of trying to change the things outside of us to change our inner state. So I think it is beginning to shift. Yeah, I, I think it's beginning to shift. But yeah. What is love to you, Christine? Love is all there is. Love is everything. Love is existence. Love is God. Love is the highest frequency that we can experience while in the human body. And underneath everything is a driving force. It's the heartbeat of the universe. It's love. You know, our physical senses and our our mind stories will tell us otherwise. But underneath it all, it's love. Yes, and it's, yes. I mean, it's not, it's not, not, not your typical answer. And many people will argue that, right? Are you telling me that it's love when, you know, I was beaten and raped as a child? And it's just, you got to drop the stories and look at the, really the underlying energetics of it. It's, it's love. All, everything in this universe is love. All of existence is love. Do you think that there is a, purpose, a grand purpose for the human experience? A grand purpose to the general human experience? Yes. That's interesting because I I do believe in a purpose for the individual human experience, for the overall human experience. Aside from just conscious evolution and, yeah, just evolving back into a state of pureness and wholeness, I think that's it. I mean, we're all here in the end looking to achieve certain, I mean, we all want to be happy, right? And we find our way through life looking to find that happiness. And in the end, all of humanity is doing that. And I think the purpose is for everyone to achieve a state of of oneness, to have all of humanity ascend into its, its original state. What would that look like? <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine. <laughs> I, th- I think it's beyond our 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 mind's perception. It it is really beyond our our minds are so limited in what we perceive and we think. As soon as we get the thinking mind involved, we're very very limited. It is really it's an experience. It's it's not a concept or a thought or anything we can label. It's an experience. How did you become a writer? I became a writer through an inner drive, really, through that burning and that yearning, <laughs> that undeniable drive to do something. And, and, and for me, it was, it was that, just following that hunch. And I have I have a story to tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that helps. Those are fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stories are fun. Definitely fun. <laughs> and really simple methods to help people. It's I believe it's it's a great way to. I mean, I did so much of my inner work through books. So sharing tools and insights through writing is a powerful uh, method. I believe so. Yeah. So what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book, Project Life? Mm -hmm. So 
much of what I do is inspired by my vision to see this new world realized. And so why I thought, you know, my particular case would be useful for people and helpful is because I've experienced so much crap in life. <laughs> like, Tell me about so it. So much. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. you know, like if I can, you know, be, like it's a very grounded approach to realizing my state of happiness and joy and vitality and energy that, that I live with. It's almost constant. It really is day to day. And frick, if this girl can do it, you know, anyone can. I've just, I've been, you know, I've had the abuse and I've had the loss and I've had the, the you know, my own son, like to put it like abusing in me as well. And, you know, just, yeah, it's, if I can share that I've transcended and taken these things that happen in life as my stepping stones to realize my greatness and experience these states that feel amazing, then anybody can. Was it challenging for you, the process of writing your book? I wouldn't call it challenging, but it was an experience. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> In- <laughs> I really like that, actually. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> because... You know, it is very authentic and genuine and raw sharing of information that, you know, there's some stories that I've told very few people. You know, my early readers have been like, oh, I, I didn't know that. And I was like, yeah, you know, not many people do. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, and, and so in recalling some of these stories, they, I realized that, oh, you know what, there's some unresolved energy around this. And I would go through a bit of, you know, uh, so I'd release some emotion. And But in that, I would enjoy the experience. And, and I would just embrace it and be like, yes, you know, this is, it's healing to re, not relive, but remember and release these yes. energetic impacts that happened throughout my life. Challenging would be, fitting it into my busy life. <laughs> so yeah, right. That was, that was the, the only real, I guess, perceived challenge is, um, yeah, finding the time to actually do the work around all the other roles that I was playing that I do play. Did you notice any change in you within in the process of writing the book? I think it was an appreciation for the people that have been in my life because I put myself in their shoes as if they were reading the story. And I mean, that's, that's how I really go through life is what is this person's truth? What is their story? Because it's different than my story. And so it just, it really, really drove home my appreciation and respect for everyone's perspective. Everyone has their story and everyone is right in their own story. How is being a spiritual life coach different from being a life coach? I think in the end, we, the, a spiritual life coach versus, versus regular life coach, we probably look for the same objectives and goals. But the, I think where I differ is that it, it comes home, always comes back 
to everything, everything we do stems from our inner state, our inner connectedness, our sense of wholeness and relying on our connection with life, whatever we want to call it, God, the universe, Allah, whatever. It's our connection to that part of ourselves that drives our success and our experiences in life. So everything that happens, whether it's finances, parenting, career, it all changes based on when we address our inner state and our relationship to ourselves. So yeah, it's it's less focus on the outside, which I think a regular life coach may do, you know, okay, do this and do this next and do this and check off that. And this is do your inner work and here's how you do it. <laughs> right. There's like lots of steps and yeah, most of them outside of themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. That's true. I love this approach though. And uh, that made me think about the practices of self-love. Is that somehow connected to that? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and it comes back to that word that you mentioned earlier, it's authenticity. So when we can just be authentic, when we can be what our heart is yearning for and what drives us, that is self-love. You know, we can do things like, yeah, paint our toes and treat ourselves to a nice fancy Starbucks and, <laughs> and snuggle up on the couch and read a book and have a bath. And those are all wonderful and they feel great. But I think true self-love is just being you, whatever that looks like in that moment and letting it be okay. If it's looking like, you know what? I'm really sad today and I don't want to get out of bed, then be it, do it. And that in itself is self-love. I mean, it, it can get dysfunctional, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a fine line, but it's being yourself and accepting where you are and letting it be okay. Let it be okay. The subtitle of a book is Stop Waiting for Your Happy to Happen. Why do you think people wait to be happy? It's that we depend on things outside of ourselves for happiness, right? We, we wait for vacation to come. <laughs> true. <laughs> we wait for tomorrow, Friday or Saturday. Yeah, we wait true. for, you know, the kids to leave the house or we wait for this renovation to be done or we wait to lose weight or, right? It's like when this happens, I will be happy. So that's the waiting. It's, it's relying on these things outside of ourselves for us to finally be happy. And it changes in an instant when we look within and create the happiness inside of ourselves. It's an energetic state that we can create at will in this instant. Talk to me about the life method. I know you mm -hmm. have some steps. Listen, investigate, forgive, and evolve Mm -hmm. Yes, I wanted to have a system that was easy. Well, okay, maybe not easy, mm -hmm. but simple. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> no inner work is really easy. Right. Right. It's, so <laughs> it's work, um, yes. but it's simple and it's straightforward and it's and it is a step by step process. And when I had a great question the other day, when someone was like, "Okay, so do we just do those steps?" once and then 
were happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I was like, wow, great question. I was like, actually, these steps apply to every circumstance in life that shakes us out of our state of happiness. We listen. Okay. And, and so listening is really, what are my feelings telling me right now? What is my energy in my body telling me? Listen to the body because when we listen to the mind, the mind will create all these stories, which are mostly false. And if we listen to those stories, it's going to keep us stuck in our same old, same old. So yeah, it's, um, I don't know. Do you, do you want me to go through the ex- high level what the steps are or was that enough? <laughs> Yeah, listen. So you're saying this is actually when we are going through challenges or crises. Yes. Is that yes. The case? Yeah. So the the life method would be when something happens in life, we go through these steps. So listen is what That's is my body? Yeah. What is my body telling me right now? And it's connecting to the energy, the feeling in the body, and basic breathing techniques that I teach. And it's, yeah, yeah. so deep belly breaths, you know, just basic breathing techniques, which will get us out of the flight or fight response, out of the reactivity. And what is my body feeling right now? And working with that, it, it boils down to we are energy and life is energy. Everything is energy. And that Anything that's happening in life is energy within my body looking to resolve and looking to flow freely, right? Any energy that isn't moving becomes stagnant and rots, right? If we look at a pond or, you know, stagnant water rots. So energy needs to move through our body. And so that's what the the first step listen is about is when life happens Come back to the body, listen to the body, what's going on in here, because what's going on out there is a reflection of what's happening in here. The uh, breathing techniques, yeah, they are mm-hmm. so powerful. You combine them with meditation? Yes. So so I, I kind of build on that. So the first um, step is basic breathing. Then in the investigate method, when we oh. get into a little bit more of, okay. it's looking at life as what? could this situation possibly have in store that's for my benefit? Mm. How could this be for me right now? What do I need to learn from this? And so as part of that process, we get into a little bit more of the meditation where we do visualization with combined with the deep breathing. Again, so if we're all energy and, and light, right? Our light is the highest frequency, Uh, that we can experience. Well, love is the feeling, but light is at the highest frequency. Then when we visualize that in our body, it helps to get the energy moving. So I describe a breathing technique with the meditation to really get energy flowing with the breath. Oh, I was going to say something else about life happening for me. Yeah, I love that. I love, love that. Not reacting or Yes, it's it's looking to be, what if I actually asked for this condition right now? Why would I have asked for it? <laughs> what could I have possibly, what, what can I learn from this, right? Is it patience? Is it forgiveness? Is it compassion, love? What 
So I, and I, I provide a list of divine qualities as well that basically it's when it's Jesus qualities, right? Like it's, it's divine qualities. You're also saying that everything that's happening to us, we have created the circumstances and conditions. And people may struggle with that. I prevent, I present it in a very gentle way at the start of the book in that it's, you know, our mind will resist this. How could have I asked for that? I would have never asked for this. (laughs) (laughs) So true. But at a a soul level, you know, like I didn't want to experience abuse. Like it sucked. But you know what? If, if I didn't, then I would have stayed where I was and being a very small, quiet, intimidated, small, shy girl. I mean, I was mousy until I was like 42. I signed my name as Mousy. <laughs> and, you know, so on a soul level, I needed to experience certain things to wake up to my power and my greatness. And, and again, so if we come back to energy, it's like attracts like. So I attracted these things into my life because of the state that my body, where my energy was at. Our world reflects who we are, not what we want. So yeah, if we are have circumstances that are very crappy, it's what we need. It's not what we want. That sounds like um, unconditional self-love and unconditional love for life. Yes. That's beautiful. Yes. So then the then forgiveness comes into play, which is the F, the third step of the life method. And this is this is big because oftentimes our mind will tell us, oh, there's there's nobody I need to forgive. And I've forgiven everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, I had a, an advanced and early uh, reader uh, read an advanced copy of the book. And they said, you know what? I don't think I need to forgive anyone. I was like, huh. I said, from what I remember, you told me that you were beaten and, and kicked, like when you were down as, as a young child. I'm like, did, did you like really resolve that energy? <laughs> it was just silence. And right. so it's not, you know, we don't want to recall these things. And really all it is, is resolving emotional shock that hit our systems when we were mostly young and that energy stays in us it it comprises our baseline energy and it creates our basic level like the level of happiness that we can achieve so forgiveness is huge and it's not that we forgive to let people off the hook or oh it was actually okay no it's none of that it's we forgive to free ourselves from the toxic energy, from that emotional shock. And it it severs the tie between the perpetrator and ourselves. It is really for self-liberation. That's it. We're not saying it was okay. We're not saying we agreed. We're just saying, I'm done. I'm letting it go so I can be free and move on. And also, so <laughs> the, the F that I, I mentioned this in the book, that... It also stands for fun. Oh, fun, right. It's forgive and have fun. And that we need to learn to laugh at life. We are so attached to 
this happens and oh that's terrible and uh, da, da. Mm-hmm. you know if we uh-huh. if time passes and we can laugh it off you know oh my gosh do you mm-hmm. remember when mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can laugh like why can't we laugh sooner why can't we have fun more often even to find levity in the crazy situations and and I tell you know a story when you know the police were at my in my house with the mental health nurse and my son and he's cooking eggs in the kitchen and I got called home from work and it's just like what a just a zoo and then a serviceman walks in through the front door Uh (laughs) (laughs) you know I put out my hand and I smiled and I said welcome to the party (laughs) Uh, what a party (laughs) That's cute. <laughs> so yes, having mm. fun. And then the fourth step evolve. It's I mean, we are all evolving. It's it's not it happens, that's life, but consciously evolving. So choosing to evolve and it's a, there's a few steps within that, right? It's what we are consciously eating how we are moving our bodies. And again, the, I bring the breath work in again, that consciously breathing, you know, we were, you know, we have the food pyramid here, right? Like we got, you know, have your carbohydrate and your protein and your fat. And we forgot about oxygen. Like <laughs> no one, it's the most critical element. <laughs> basic. It's so basic. <laughs> and no one taught us how to breathe deep belly breathing and oxygenates the lower lobes of the lungs like it we our cells get more oxygen there's more oxygen uptake when we deep uh, breathe breathe deeply that's another aspect of the, the consciously evolving is consciously breathing consciously eating consciously moving so that is the final step in the life method that um that i outline and you know being in nature choose to be in nature as, as much as possible um so just very simple steps within there and all of these things combined it really when you do the inner work when you do the work you will experience shifts absolutely this can become a daily practice for even prevention right or maybe for resilience so we are stronger when something happens Absolutely. That's the best time to practice it is when life is good. Um, Because that's when we can call upon these tools when life, when we need to use these to help us through these challenges and to get back to that state of happiness quicker. Choose fear over the comfort of the known. Mm -hmm. Um, You will look back and wish you would have taken that step into fear a lot sooner. Yeah, I know the word. Uh, this is an experience, like you said, not a challenge. <laughs> but to choose fear, yeah, most people do the opposite. They run from fear, right? Mm-hmm. They push away. So how do we do this? Yeah, when we are experiencing fear, there's usually on the other side, there is growth. And fear is... Right, the acronym false evidence appearing real. It is something our mind makes up and comes up with stories. It's different from danger, right? There's we can be in danger, but fear is something the mind makes up. And when we experience fear and just get curious about it, just get curious. 
what would happen if, and play, play through the what ifs, right? Okay, so what if, what if I lost my job? Okay, then, well, I wouldn't be able to afford my mortgage, so I have to sell the house. Okay, but, you know, could you find another job and maybe move into an apartment? Yeah, I could do that. Like, you know, play, play out the what ifs and be okay with feeling scared and feeling afraid and acknowledge it. Like, this is scary. Oh, my gosh. But choose to move through it. You know what? It's okay for me to feel afraid right now. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this because I feel in my heart that this is what I need to do. And I use one of my my last abusive relationship as the example. I mean, two years into it, I wanted to break up, but I was too afraid. I was too afraid. And I stayed in it for another eight years. And then it, it took my appendix rupturing for me to finally wake up, right? When you don't listen to life, it will... You know, the little whispers turn into screams. Oh, and yeah. it was then, it was, a, it was a no-brainer. It was like, well, I'm stepping through fear now. Yeah, <laughs> because right. what's going to happen next, right? If, if my appendix is rupturing and I'm almost dying, then, you know, what's the next sign? And, and if I wouldn't, if I would have remained in that relationship, I never would be living the amazing life that I am living today. So it's only through stepping through that fear of becoming a single mom again that allowed me to grow into these amazing qualities that I've learned and, and realized. Fear is our compass. When, when something scares you, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Seek it out and go for it. Yeah. I can't, you, you know, use some yeah, discretion and, you know, wisdom, wisdom and that kind of stuff. Obviously, I'm not going to say jump off a cliff without a parachute. But yeah, fear, fear is your compass. Would you like to add anything or read a passage from your book before I ask you my final questions? Um, I don't have my book near me, so that's, that's a no. But just, you know, I would say for listeners that wherever you're at in life, it's perfect. And it may not feel perfect, but it is, it's exactly where you need to be and be okay with it being where it is. And just look for the things that <laughs> scare you <laughs> and be curious yeah. about them. And yeah, just let it all be okay because it is. Yeah. Because it is so true. And it is. Yeah. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself as of today? That I don't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All of us here on this one. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, it's just being humble and just constantly learning, you know. And I, I just, I tell some really stories about, you know, I thought I knew so much. And I thought, you know, I became attached to my, my wants. And yeah, I don't, I don't know anything. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm learning every day, every day. So it's, yeah, it's that I, I don't know it all. I really don't. <laughs> learning every single day. That's all. Let's say you know well what you know, or you express <laughs> well what you know. That's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I heard something like that before. Like if you're able to live what you know, then that's wisdom. That's yeah. good enough yeah. <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah. What is another word for healing? 
Acceptance and surrender, as you mentioned earlier, that, you know, things happened the way they happened and things they things are as they are. There's nothing that we can do to change things outside of us. The healing part comes when we can accept that things happened as they did or things are as they are and take action by doing our inner work and resolving energy, emotional blocks that came as a result of the things that we need to heal through. It all boils down to energy, resolving stuck energy in the body. If you knew you would die soon, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? Not a whole lot, really. Not a whole lot. My son, I don't see my son now, just based on his uh, his mental health challenges that he has. And it's not by my choice, but his choice. And so, I mean, I'm doing what I can and I would like for that to be different, but I don't think there's anything I could do differently that would change that. That change has got to come from him. So, yeah, go to Hawaii. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Very good. But we can't travel, so that, right. you know, <laughs> not at the yeah. moment. Um, yeah, you know, I, I honestly, I, I, am, I am living my greatest life day by day. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty content with my daily living and my choices, my conscious choices that I make day to day. I love that word, contentment, of being content, right, right. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in life after death? Absolutely. I believe that it's just life is a continuous stream and, you know, our consciousness uh, continues after. So I actually don't believe in we drop our physical bodies and we, you know, we drive a new car. I'm going to upgrade to a Ferrari next time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... That's a very good idea. <laughs> good vision, so, a good vision. Yeah. So I believe in continuous consciousness, that energy cannot be created or destroyed, right? And so as energy beings, our existence continues for eternity, and we merely drop this body and, and move on to the next. So yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yes, I love that. I think I remember one day I asked, um, well, I asked, I asked that question to a lot of people. Uh, what is the opposite of life? And I remember getting the answer. There's no opposite to life. Life, it's life. There's no end, no beginning, no middle, maybe middle because we have this idea that we're having this experience, but there's no mm -hmm. end to it. Yeah. And that resonated. Yeah. So my last question, what are three things about life you know for sure? <laughs> know for sure that life is good and that we are all here to experience the full spectrum the full spectrum the quote-unquote bad and the quote-unquote good we are here to experience it all and the third thing is that we are all intended to live in greatness in magnificence in you know these and again, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but Jesus said something along the lines of, you know, this, whatever he does, that we can do even better or greater. And that's where we're headed. That's what we're all doing here is evolving to a state of greatness. And that will be the coming of the new golden age, this vision that I have in my mind of this new world. 
It has been a meaningful conversation and mm. peaceful. Thank you, Christine, for your presence mm. and your wisdom. Thank you. And thank you for making this possible. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, my website, it's christinegrower.com. Also, stopwaitingforyourhappytohappen.com. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever you can spell and remember easier. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Christine Grauer and her work, please visit christinegrauer.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Mm -hmm.